Gracious God, just open our hearts, our minds, and our souls to your word this evening. It encourage us and strengthen us, challenge us in our discipleship as we belong in Christ and in community, as we grow and we share all by the grace of God. Amen. So where do you think this comes from? Shift to halfback, twin right, open, swap, 72, all go, special halfback, shallow, cross, wide open. Yeah, football. football. Yeah. <laughs> the football play. All right. Shift to halfback, twin right, open, swap, 72, all go, special halfback, shallow, cross, wide open. That happens to be. A pitbull. Yeah, and specifically. <laughs> like an Andy Reid type play from the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're all very similar. And so we just think about the quarterback getting in the huddle and getting that in his earpiece from the coaches, and he's got to relate that to all within 40 seconds from the last play. And so it's an NFL game. College and high school things are a lot, a lot different. That happens to be 15 words. And then here's the real kicker. Most teams most NFL teams, they'll call two or three plays at the same time. Because they'll do that, and then they'll say, here's option two. And they'll rattle off another shift, a halfback, twin, right, open, whatever, so-and-so. And then they'll break to the line of scrimmage, and then they'll have some other other words that they're listening for the key to which one of those two or three plays they're going to actually run. Um, and so you can see, you know, you know a simple game, Passing, catching, blocking, tackling, uh, to how quickly it has become a complicated chess match when you get all these coaches involved. Um, it's sometimes a rough transition uh, for some of the college quarterbacks, depending on where they're coming from. Uh, when they go into the NFL and they're not used to a big, thick you know, playbook, let alone you know, having to call a play like that. And so sometimes um, more than just ability to be able to pass or even read the defense uh, or to run the team, it's you got to be able to communicate. And, and you have to be able to you know, figure all this stuff out and be able to confidently call and then get in the right play once you're in the line of scrimmage. The Ravens knew this was an issue. Now that I'm a Ravens fan, I read about the Ravens. I don't know what kind of calls the Redskins are making, because whatever they're calling is not working. So I started paying attention to the Ravens. Well, the Ravens from last year to this year, they knew it was going to be an issue or it was an issue, um, these complicated play calls, not because Lamar Jackson is not as intelligent as he needs to be. Um, so not a reflection on that in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, they just felt, first of all, they fired their offensive coordinator. And... Um, went in a different direction. And they wanted to start all over with their playbook. And they wanted to simplify it. And they wanted to be more efficient with it. They wanted a simple playbook with a simple call. And they'd be able to make simple calls so they could be more efficient 
and so they could get to the line of scrimmage faster and run more plays and also be able to read the defense. And so they were went from 25 words to the play I call was a 15 word. Most of their play calls last year was 25 words, and they've gotten them down to 5 to 10 here is what we hear. And uh, so they've been able to, um, to make some of those adjustments, not just for Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, um, but they've got a lot of new young players and new pieces to the offense. And um, they also, the difference now between now and the way it used to be, they have less time with them. And so they don't have the big off-season time where the offenses would be together the whole year round. And they have limited time. So they had to just simplify it. And so they did. And so now at least two weeks in, the Ravens are 2-0, right? And Lamar Jackson is the number one rated quarterback in the league. Highest rating in the league. And he's going to go up against the other super, another superstar this week. So we'll see what happens. Kansas City. So Kansas City's plays will be long ones like I just read to you. And that quarterback is dynamite. Um, um, and so we'll see it all play out. But the simplification um, is what's important there. To be more efficient and to be able to, to grow. And, and Lamar Jackson certainly has grown and the offense has a totally different look as well. It's what we're trying to put forth as well in terms of discipleship, trying to simplify something that human beings and Christian leaders and Christians themselves have complicated for over 2,000 years. And so we're trying to be um, more efficient in what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we just have three simple words to think about in, in our model. Not 15, you know, not the usual six or seven, but just three. Belong, grow, and share. So last week we talked about you know, belonging in Christ and belonging in community. This week we're moving on to grow. All right, you can't get stuck in any one place in this model, so you can, don't just stay and belong and say, I've arrived, I've been baptized, I believe in Jesus, that's it. I'm just going to wait till I die or Christ returns or whatever it is you might do. Um, that's not going to be very helpful. Um, we have to continue to, to move around this model. Um, it's also not necessarily linear, as we talked about last week. Um, belong is not necessarily even the starting point in terms of real-life discipleship. Um, but you, and you continue to go round and round, in and out, um, yet we, that's all the more reason why we want to keep it simplified. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to grow in your faith. You have to, I have to, to continue to grow in Christ. So if the, if the foundation of this model, which looks like share, but belong here, belonging in Christ, belonging in community, um, you, if you have to continue to grow in your belonging in Christ and belonging in community, um, or um, the option is um, not so good. You're either growing or you're dying, basically. Just like in life, just like in business, just like in whatever walk of life you want to talk about. You have to be growing. We have to be growing. Um, and so if you're talking about the overall model being um, simplified, um, the grow area, anytime that anybody has talked about growing in faith, we have really attempted to make that as complicated as possible through history of the church, right? We have all kinds of things that you must do 
to grow in your faith. That you must do, love us, and uh, to grow in your faith. And we'll give you a long list of checklists and all the things that you need to do and all the places that you need to be and all the things that you need to follow from the Bible and all this sorts of thing, all the things not to do um, as well uh, once you master the things that you are to do in order to grow in your faith. We've complicated this thing. And uh, even we, Pastor Wilson and I, do the same thing every once in a while. We'll get so wrapped up in, in encouraging you to do and participate in the means of grace, we can make it seem so complicated. You know, we you know, get so hung up on you know, what it means to have a means of grace. And what are they? Well, they're reading the scriptures. They're visiting the poor. They're um, you know, taking communion. They're baptizing. Baptism once and for all. And, um, you, know, you know, a whole list of 7, 8, 10, 12 things um, that we do um, where we know that the grace of God is going to show up and helps us to grow in our faith. And, that, and that's all true and that's all good. And then we'll say, well, then you'll raise your hand. And what, what's it mean to really search the scriptures and to read the scriptures? I, you know, I don't know how to read the Bible. And so then we'll say, all right, we'll come to a class and we'll show you for you know, 16 hours how it is that you're supposed to read the Bible. Again, just complicating all that stuff. And all those things are good. We want to continue to read the Bible and come to worship and take communion and visit the, and help the poor and all, and all that kind of stuff. And so don't take that the wrong way either. All those things are things that, that we should do, and we should do them automatically. But to grow in our faith, um, it's actually rather simple. This scripture here today uh, that, that we read together uh, kind of hints at a simplification and, and what to do about it. I love this part. As Jesus wanted to go into Galilee, he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and the prophets. I love that part. Let's read, let's read, read it again. The next day, Jesus wanted to go up to Galilee, and he found Philip. So who found who? Jesus found Philip. So we kind of joke, Pastor Melissa, about it takes like two verses for Philip to either forget that process or write out lie about it. Philip found Nathaniel, and he said to him, I have found the one Moses wrote about. Well, no, you didn't find him. He found you. And so that is a clue. We'll come back to it in just a moment. And then it goes on, and they have this conversation about who this Jesus is or was. Nathaniel asks the question that we heard asked before, can anything good come from Nazareth? Nazareth, yeah, this little place. And Philip said, come and see. That's been a refrain from the beginning of chapter 1. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to, toward him. Here is a genuine Israelite, Jesus said. Nathanael asked, how do you know me? And Jesus answered, before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Kind of a cool little conversation back and forth. Then Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. That's a big statement of faith. I mean, right there, that's verse 49, it happens to be in 
that Nathaniel gets it right. I mean, this is a very strong. Uh, the Phil, Philip says he's son of Joseph, which is sort of accurate, and he's from Nazareth, which is a statement of fact as well. But it's not really a statement of faith. Nathaniel makes a statement of faith. Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. So you're the Messiah, basically. And Jesus answered, do you believe? And so he still gets scolded. That's the interesting thing, too, is, you know, Nathaniel gets it right, yet he gets scolded by Jesus. Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one. That's kind of a reference to Jacob's ladder. Um, but in this case, Jesus being the one that we're fixating in. And so it's a nice little, neat little exchange here. I assure you, you will see heaven open and God's angels. So there's room for growth here. He says, you will see greater things than these. And I assure you, here's what it's going to be. You're going to see heaven open up and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the Son of Man. And so it's a really powerful little passage that helps us in a couple of different ways here. And so as we're thinking about this, you know, first and foremost, before we talk anything about being simplified, and it's going to be so simplified that we're almost finished the message already. Short message tonight. Seems like it's not short. It's been 25 minutes. <laughs> But the first thing, before you can think about growing in your faith, before I can think about growing in our faith, we have to get that first part right. And that is Jesus, because our culture, our teachers before us, our Sunday school teachers, our grandparents kind of get this a little bit backward. And so it even Philip here does get it backward. We're so used to saying, I found Jesus, or Keith, you need to find Jesus. That is not how it works. That is not the biblical way. God is in pursuit of us. God is in pursuit and was in pursuit of Marty. God's in pursuit and was in pursuit of me. Jesus found me. All right? And, and so, and the reason that's important is because it helps us to remember that this, our salvation, us being made right with God, is because of God's grace. It's God's grace that we are saved. It's nothing that I did. I couldn't search long enough to find forgiveness in God. Um, God found me. Jesus found me. All right? And so, you know, this is sort of, that, that's why we picked this scripture for this week, is Jesus found Philip. It's a great reminder, uh, and because you really can't go any further simplified or complicated, if we don't remember, it's God's grace that has brought you back into relationship with God and, and me as well. Um, and so it's, it's God's grace, because of God's grace, that we belong in Christ and we belong in, in the Christ community. There's a great piece for homework to read, 2 Corinthians chapter 15. Easy reference to remember. 2 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about belonging. It'll use that exact language. Belonging in Christ, belonging in community, um, and, and, re and reminding us of, of these next two steps. And that is, um, here, here's what we need to know for simplified growth. So once you remember that it's Jesus that found you and found me, 
here's all that we have to do to continue to grow in that relationship. Number one, remove the obstacles. We need to remove obstacles. All right? And so we're not step, stepping out here in faith and saying, you know, I need to do X, Y, or Z to grow in my faith. That's putting all the onus on me. Because what we're ultimately doing to grow in our faith is we're getting out of the way of God's work in me and in you. God that brought us to belong in Christ and in community, that his spirit, the Holy Spirit did that through grace. That same process is going to help us with growth. We just have to get out of the way. And so the reason we don't grow or we'll have seasons of stagnant growth in our faith is we have too many obstacles. We usually call them sins. You know, so we got to get rid of the obstacles and we got to get rid of sin. Most of the time they're the same thing, but not always. But remove the obstacles that are getting in the way of God at work in you and God at work in me. We don't have time tonight to list a bunch of examples. You know what you're, you know, and I know what's getting in the way of God at work in me. Does anybody not? Anybody not think of examples in your life that's getting in the way of your growth? Because I can point, point out a couple of problems. To Marty, at least. <laughs> there are plenty of so, them. So, now, I could, I could give you a long list for myself, but we don't need to do that. You know. When you put the mirror up, you know what obstacles. So remove the obstacles. And, then, and you're going to be more efficient and ready to grow. And then simply, another way to Think about simplifying the growth aspect of discipleship is once this sin is removed or once the obstacles are removed and now you make room for God to be at work in your life, now you can sit back, not sit back, that's probably the wrong way to phrase it. Now you're prepared to watch for God at work in Christ and in the community ready to watch for God at work in your life. You're ready to see heaven open before your very own eyes. Right in front of your eyes. And when we see God at work, we grow. We grow. Now that's where all those things that we've talked about before, reading scriptures, taking communion, serving with the Mary and Marthas and all that kind of stuff, that's where all that, those kinds of things happen where you get to really see God at work. Um, but, but in order to get there, you don't have to even think about the list of all the things that we should or shouldn't be doing. Remove the obstacles and watch for God at work. Simple. Making room for God, for God's spirit to be working in our lives. And so, it is that we continue Think about this in very simple ways. The Ravens coaches have simplified this playbook to great success so far. We're just asking for the same concept in our faith life. Just simplify it. Just simplify it. Remove the obstacles. Watch for God at work. And see if your faith doesn't grow each and every day. Each and every day as you watch God at work. In your lives. Let us pray.